0: The Middlesome Meeples present Tiny Meeple's Big Talk.
1: Welcome to Tiny Meeple's Big Talk. And since we have such a important topic to talk about this time, I'm not joined by Matt. Um, I'm joined by this Federation bounty hunter <laughs> who um, has come to talk about it with us instead. And our question this week, we wanted to get a little bit more into the serious issues. And that it doesn't
0: get much bigger than this.
1: No. Uh, ones that are very much affecting people such as yourself, mm-hmm. who live in space, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also are trapped between two genres as well, which is, well, not genre, two franchises. I imagine that must be a very difficult life. So You've our, got no idea, man. <laughs> no idea. It'll be better once we settle this question. Now, this here is our Star Destroyer. And here is... Well, you might not be able to see it. It's the Enterprise E, Sovereign Class. And our NCC question... CC
0: 1701 E. E.
1: Yes, it does have a letter after it. I know Scotty hates it's that. Time there is a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so... Uh, basically our question is what would win between these two things because um, often the, well, the, the two really the, mo- the most well-known sci-fi genres basically aren't they? Not genres, uh, franchises. Uh, Star Trek and Star Wars. And these are very iconic ships from it. The Enterprise and the Star Destroyer. Uh, we didn't really think of the, the Millennium Falcon. That's a different deal altogether. He's just kind of doing his own thing. So, like, he... He's just
0: w- joining us. Well, I had to borrow the Falcon to get here for this recording.
1: Well, he was, he was here, but now he's just gone. He had gone um, smuggling something somewhere, so that's his part of the story done. Mm-hmm. But when you're actually thinking about firepower... There goes my ride. And, <laughs> yeah, he's stuck here now. Um, yeah, and basically combat ability. It actually just so happens that these ended up being slightly to scale. Um, So we have the massive Star Destroyer here. And which game was that from? Um, That's from
0: Imperial Assault. No, no, it's from Armada. Armada. So this is from
1: Star Wars Armada, the game. So it's on its little base. that has got little things that you can set down there. And this Sovereign class is from Star Trek Fleet Captains. So we've managed to actually get little models from two different games just to represent the epic battle that's going on. And they're being watched by our Lord Cthulhu, who yeah. presumably is making this happen. So, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Well, he controls everything. I mean, yeah, Palpatine thinks he channels the force, that's so all I can say.
1: <laughs> yeah, all right, so... This what... is a
0: happy coincidence in scale, isn't it? Because these aren't designed to be in scale. The Enterprise is actually meant to be 685 metres long, mm-hmm. whereas the Imperial Star Destroyer is over 1,600 metres meters long so it's about two and a half times the size so it, it gives a, a nice demonstration there of the different scale mm. yeah. do you think I should reveal to the audience my secret identity
1: I just dread to think what else you've got under that helmet so yeah yeah try <laughs> Yeah, let them know Brody looks scared <laughs> it is oh. I viewers
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this is what your other job is <laughs> you, all thought, you all thought I was a, a moral Mandalorian didn't you Mandalorian, all oh,
1: right, okay. Was In some my bounty hunter Mandalorian arm. that joined Starfleet? gave up his bounty hunter ways, but yeah. not the helmet.
0: <laughs> I think really, before we go any further, we should just take one moment to address the fact that there are Star Wars fanboys out there and Star Trek fanboys, and no really? matter which one we say, the other group are gonna disagree with us and probably come on to complain. To you people. I say this. Get a life. I'm wearing a Star Trek uniform, so I can say that. I was just going to point that out, but yeah. <laughs> now, I don't um, think people are going to get annoyed. We're going to be very fair and even-handed yeah. with it. Personally, I don't feel like I have a horse in this race because I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. Mm. I'm a huge fan of Star Trek. I mean, I, you walk around my house, it's full of Star Trek and Star Wars memorabilia. Um, I l- really do love both. I cosplay in both Starfleet outfits and Star Wars outfits at the same time yeah in fact this was me when I went to see Star Wars The Force Awakens in Leicester Square with, with a, a couple of friends
1: and the lightsaber as well didn't you yeah
0: <laughs> so I am very heavily invested in both franchises so my opinions aren't yeah, based so get on a life, the... you lot. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so my opinions aren't based on either one or the other with with bias yeah, I wasn't too bothered about which one would win, um,
1: I just wanted to actually be able to do the research mm. finally, because I've often thought about it, um, well, y- years ago, because you kind of get these different, um, like, well, people just kind of think about it in different ways, and there's like, what are phasers, and what are turbo lasers, stuff like that, and kind of, what is the size difference between them as well? Mm. And with it being the two main kind of franchises, and yet they are
0: so different, mm. um, it's was interesting to compare them both. But and it is one of those debates that does crop up no matter how often you you discuss it. Mm. It is something that does crop up regularly. But it's good to put, as you say, do some research and put some facts into this.
1: But it's not actually Star Wars versus Star Trek. It is no, it's this Star Destroyer versus, versus this.
0: Sovereign-class I mean, starship. people say that, you know, Vader could come across and force-joke everybody, but then Q could snap his fingers and change the whole game again. Yeah, so if Q just, was on their side. Yeah. But yeah, So it's just two ships having a battle that we're debating here, isn't it? Yes. And how that could go. Now, I did some research, Mm-hmm. and I was quite surprised when I ran some of the figures here. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll be honest. My initial thought when um, you suggested this as a discussion for the show, mm-hmm. was that the Enterprise would wreck it. it he mm-hmm. would, With its superior technology, the Enterprise would wreck a Star Destroyer. Yeah. Then I ran some numbers, and yeah. I was a little bit surprised by what I found. I was a bit surprised as well, because I thought something
1: similar. I thought it would be far... I thought the Enterprise would have the advantage by a long way, but I wanted to kind of check that mm. and see why it would and like by how far, things like that. Um, one of the first things about these ships is that they are designed for very different things. Yes. Now, the Enterprise, classically, it's always been an exploring vessel. Mm-hmm. If we were using this one, Enterprise D... Then it would be a little bit different again because this one's very much like an exploring one mm-hmm. and well, it kind of goes in battles, but that's not the main thing about it, is it? I mean, it's it's got been in a of, lot of battles, hasn't it? It's over the got years, lots but... of schools on it and like people hanging around the holodecks yeah. and stuff like that, and gardens inside and bars and stuff. So this is like a big city, whereas the sovereign class a little bit later on. They were thinking about fighting the Borg when they built mm. this, weren't they? So this is a bit more of a, a battleship. So if we were thinking which ship would go against a Star Destroyer, this one would be kind of it's still very thematic. The most suitable But one, really. Yeah, but given the Federation like its best chance of like what it would send, basically. So that that was why I thought of that one. But the Star Destroyer... Now, this, again, it isn't so much for fighting against... Diff- um, different ships. This one is more about kind of dominating a planetary system and yeah, like suppressing it's... a planet, launching Tie fighters, stuff like yeah. that.
0: It's almost like an aircraft carrier in yeah. that it goes around with its squads of Tie fighters. It's got seventy-two uh, ships aboard, hasn't it? Of the Tie fighters, yeah, seventy-two. Forty-eight fighters I
1: counted here. There's yeah.
0: forty-eight Tie fighters, twelve Tie bombers. Yeah. Um, and then there's another 12-tie boarding there's, craft. Yeah, and there's like the shuttles. And, yeah. yeah.
1: But I kind of only really wrote down the TIE fighters because... It carries they would 48 be, of those, doesn't it? They would be the ones that were fighting... That would be fighting a dogfight. Yeah. Basically, against the Enterprise. The other stuff would be a little bit more... If it was to kind of go and
0: invade a planet. Although the bombers would probably be used for a bombing run against the Enterprise. Yeah, they could be.
1: I just think the Enterprise is a little bit too nippy for that to be too effective...
0: I think but they are definitely slower but this is another thing that really surprised me now I ran some numbers here mm. on the speed of ship travel between the two universes uh, because I thought again the Enterprise is just going to be so much faster because it's got warp drive not so wow
1: hyperdrive is flipping fast <laughs> yes
0: this is it Coruscant to Alderaan mm. though no one needs to visit Alderaan anymore Wow. Oh, uh, too soon 5000 light years mm-hmm. it took them 16 hours alright Six hundred and twenty-five light years per hour. Now, we all know about Voyager and its seven-season trek home. Yeah, this one's going to take seventy years to get. It was going to take seventy years traveling at was it warp nine point six or something? Their maximum warp, anyway. I think it's nine point nine, but yeah. If Voyager had hyperspeed, they could have been home in sixty-four hours. Right. Yeah. So clearly, for space travel, and on top of that, some of the other facts. For example, um, the Enterprise would uh, need work doing on it after it had been in space traveling two thousand seven hundred fifty light years. An Imperial Star Destroyer is got an effective span of two hundred fifty thousand. So, and th- these are going from figures. Um, that are based on, like, manuals and, and books which are treated mm. as, as official and canon. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that completely surprised me. Now, however, as you said, the Imperial Star Destroyers aren't designed for ship-to-ship combat. So this no. is... What I've just said is to do with how fast they could get somewhere. So yeah, in a battle, you know, how close the reinforcements is going to be on your mind, that means that, in theory, they could get, st- you know perhaps reinforcements there faster than the enterprise but discount mm, that that's for yeah, the actual let's battle that's just
1: say they're doing Star Trek Nemesis that's, just the Star Destroyer.
0: Yeah, that's just hypothetical yeah that's just hypothetical um as opposed to the rest the s- yeah as opposed to the rest <laughs> which is which is hard science
1: no but i mean yeah it, it's that you, is that is an interesting point about the hyperdrives but it's um,
0: but in a battle the th- gonna issue is going to be maneuverability
1: yeah, which is their sublight drives. Yeah. Whereas this is a triangle that's going to be going along, at pretty much constant <laughs> speed and not being able to turn.
0: This can't. No, the the Imperial Star Destroyer isn't designed for manoeuvrability, as you said. It's designed to blockade a planet and turn uh, a planet into slag, basically, with its just, turbo lasers. Just to races.
1: oppress the native population, to <laughs> yeah. make them worship the Emperor. But it is the standard unit of the. Imperial fleet into, it is. It. so that's why it was a good candidate for. Oh, what well, a- Oh, absolutely!
0: Against. But what what I'm thinking is, is it's not going to be very maneuverable. The yeah. Enterprise is going to be able to zip around around it, you know, very yeah, very fast.
1: I mean, this is like one of the l- less maneuverable Starfleet ships, but it's yeah. way more maneuverable than that. So. It's and not I think the Defiant.
0: if you were to take any one of the Enterprise vessels, mm. you'd find the same same situation. Yeah. Now, yeah, I should say the Defiant. I mean, you think about the. Episode with the uh, cadets and they're defiant. How maneuverable that ship oh, yeah, was when it was the Valiant, yeah,
1: uh, and that was piloted by kids. Yeah, one is... of them was like taking pills or
0: something. It's yeah, <laughs> incredible. When it comes to maneuverability, the Enterprise has got this. Mm. However, I I looked at some of the weapon powers yeah. for the various weapons. Yeah, I did that as well. Did you find the same information I found then? I would that... think so, but it's so varied.
1: And it depends whether you go from what's in the manuals, like you were talking about, mm. and what
0: gets observed in the films and TV programs. Now, this is this is the thing. Now, for me, when I looked at the figures, it seemed like the Star Destroyer is being said to be millions of times more powerful mm-hmm. than the Enterprise. So to give you an example of that, the light guns on the Imperial Star Destroyer come in at 300 million gigawatts. The right. phasers on the Enterprise D—I couldn't find the information. I didn't get the information for the E, but let's assume that they're only slightly uh, less powerful than the, wh- the phasers on the E. 3.6 gigawatts.
1: Right, right. So now, you've got the gigawatts.
0: these seem so out of proportion that you have to say that one blast, one broadside from the Star Destroyer should destroy the Enterprise, based on those figures. However, I kind of got the feeling that the people writing the films and writing the episodes hadn't paid any information whatsoever to these. Because, as you say, what you observe is very different. Mm. Now, there is several episodes in Star Trek The Next Generation where the Enterprise is attacked by ships firing lasers. Mm -hmm. We can't categorically say... That the lasers in Star Trek are different to the lasers in Star Wars. I can. I'll do that in a bit, though. <laughs> Richard can, and he will. <laughs> I looked at it and I didn't find evidence that allowed me to categorically say that. Mm-hmm. However, I was thinking that surely the premise of both turbo lasers and lasers are going to be using the same principle. It's mm-hmm. just that the turbo lasers are a more powerful version of the lasers. Right, And lasers, in any form, have proven to be ineffective against the shielding of the Enterprise. Yeah, they thought it was funny, didn't they, when a ship yeah. was going to attack him with lasers. Worf was just incredulous. Yeah. so There's based... a lot to make him incredulous. Yeah. And looking at that, it made me think, well, okay, how can the Star Destroyer then put a did Well, it has other weapons. So it has iron cannons. Yeah. Which, again, haven't particularly been found to be effective against... Starfleet vessels yeah. its main thing is going to be its heavy guns and its torpedoes again yeah. the heavy guns are just more powerful versions of the lasers so if we dismiss those and look at the torpedoes right. the torpedoes are probably the only thing that presents a real threat to the Enterprise
1: yeah
0: my issue here is are they going to be effective enough against the Enterprise shielding and oh, I don't yeah. think necessarily necessarily that the Enterprise is going to come away unscathed. I think the Enterprise is going to take damage from those torpedoes. However, the shielding... And this is, again, I looked at information on the shielding of both the Star Destroyer and the Enterprise. And again, the it's the been... the same. Well, it's... I was finding figures that were saying that the, the the shielding on the Star Destroyers is millions of times stronger than the shielding on the Enterprise. And yet, when we watch the actual Star Wars films, we see Star Destroyers getting hit by asteroids and when they've got their shields up. Yeah. Whereas the navig- the deflector array on the Enterprise would have just got that out of the way. Not a massive
1: asteroid. I think the deflector array is mainly for particles, isn't it? That would kind of put if- us into them. The, um, yeah... It seems to be they've both got very good shields Mm. because they do get hit by asteroids, but a lot of the time they can actually survive getting hit by an asteroid, Mm. which would go off like a nuclear bomb. Mm. Um, The figures I've found don't matter that much because, like you were saying, you get them all over the place. Uh, What I found was that the enterprises, in the technical manual, they've got their phaser output as being a maximum of... 100,000 terawatts mm-hmm. so that's actually a, a bit more than, than what you'd seen there um, what we see in episodes we have there was a time when the Enterprise bored a great big hole in the ground with the uh, with the phaser I was going to um, say yeah. yeah and it did like over like 15 seconds and I think it borrowed, with like, a single burst wasn't it yeah yeah so like if you divide that out that well I got this from um, I can't remember which website it was but um yeah, it was about 1,731 terawatts, that one. And then against the Borg, it managed to blast a hole in the side of a Borg mm. cube. That was like with a half-second blast, mm. and that would be like 68,000 terawatts. So we've never actually seen them do their full 100,000 terawatts, but we can just assume that that's what it can do. Now, with the Star Destroyer, that was doing something similar with its turbo lasers, even probably more so, because mm. they do these short blasts, all mm. their blasts are like half a second. Um... And they seem to be destroying entire asteroids in one hit, like, vaporising them. And that would be, well, the maximum amount of that I saw. Um, this was on Stardestroyer.net. that was a very good website. Mm. Was, he was very much on the Star Wars side of this. <laughs> like, I, I got that from the title. <laughs> he, yeah. But he, he tends to call um, people that think the Federation would win as you um, kept calling them Federation Cultists. Say this well, we're clearly
0: not Federation Cultists, are we? we uh... <laughs> no, we're very <laughs> clear about what cult <laughs> But are. Um, but
1: yeah, that would be over 200,000 terawatts. So I've kind of just rounded back down because we, we can just say that they are, their weapons are basically equivalent. <clears throat> There'll be different outputs at different times. The difference, though, is the Star Destroyer has so many more batteries of them because I found that the Enterprise has 16 phaser arrays. Array, yeah. so that's the Enterprise E. Whereas the Star Way seems to have about 60 types of each mm. laser. Um, so these are these topo laser cannons.
0: Their output is much, much higher. Yeah.
1: One problem is it can't really fire very well in front of it. Uh, the way that they're positioned, it's, like, meant for broadside and, yeah. like, taking on lots of fighters and things like that. So, if the Enterprise was to go here and <laughs> blast it, it wouldn't really get hit by very much stuff. Yeah. And, as we said, the Enterprise is more manoeuvrable, so it can mm. get into these blind spots, so that will help.
0: It um, can even uh, stay in front of it, match its pace, and just shoot from behind. Yeah, shoot behind that,
1: there's that as well. But I was thinking also about what you said with the lasers, um... This is one of the main things I wanted to think about Mm. was would their weapon, the Star Destroyer's weapons, be effective in any way against Enterprise's Mm. shields? Because they're used to fighting against phasers, which apparently is a type of nadion beam, Mm -hmm. which is completely different to um, what an ordinary laser would Mm -hmm. be. But when I was investigating the Star Destroyer, I found that the turbo lasers aren't actually lasers. Mm. Um, There's quite a few different properties that are different about them than what would classically be a laser and i just i just have to assume that the kind of lasers that the Enterprise crew were laughing at before. I've got to be kind of standard type of lasers that we were that yeah. we would consider to be a laser. I don't
0: think this is good. this. I was expecting this battle to be a walkover, and I think whatever the outcome, it's not going to be a walkover. No, no,
1: I think it's going to be very evenly matched, really. So, just a few things that make turbo lasers different to lasers. Um, we can see them when yeah. they get blasted at it. If it was an actual laser beam, and the ship was firing it towards the Enterprise here we wouldn't be able to see it from the side because the whole point of a laser is it's all pointing forward whereas we can see this light radiates mm. out the side of the blast also um, it's subluminal it's um, not going at the speed of light because mm. you can see it on the Star Wars like it's like blasting it seems like it is blasting an actual thing. Mm it seems like it might more likely be some kind of plasma or something yeah. that it's hitting it with. And the other thing is, um, when you actually see the guns that it's fired with, mm. there's like a, a hole at the end of the barrel. It seems like it is actually firing something. Mm. Whereas if it was a laser, it'd be a, a lens. Yeah. So um, it seems like maybe at first... the en- No, I don't, I don't think the Enterprise crew would be fooled by any of this. Um, just because it's called a laser... A turbo laser. I mean, that's just a name for it. It's yeah. not what we would expect as to be a laser. It's just the name. Like the Death Star isn't a star. Um, their weapons, I think, would be able to do damage to the Enterprise.
0: I think we have to say that yes, they would. Well, how effective though? That's is that's the question. Yeah. And the tactics that are going to be used here, because as we say, if the Enterprise was to approach it side on and get broadsided the enterprise could be in serious trouble but the enterprise with its maneuverability can stay out yeah, out definitely. however we have to also consider here the range of the weapons yeah. now uh, in return of the jedi mm-hmm. the ships started fire the capital ships started firing at one another from a few thousand kilometers yeah very okay? and yeah. then they got up to a, a few hundred kilometers and then of course once the the fighters go in close range you down to sort of like 15 to 10 kilometers Distance, aren't you for yeah. them to fire at regularly in Star Trek? The combat happens at five kilometers or less. And there's, um, I mean, I'm this is a Captain Sisko outfit. Captain Sisko, w- during the Dominion War, when he was on the Defiant, did say at one point not to fire until they were 500 meters away from the Jemhadar attack ship. Yeah, so Starfleet, either because of limitations of weapons or because of Starfleet training and we don't really know which of those two issues it is, um, are taught to fire at close range. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they can fire further than that, because as I say, we've seen them shoot phasers to drill into planets, mm. and we've seen them shoot asteroids, and do all kinds of different things. So I'm fairly sure the range is much further than those 500. Yeah, I think um, it is. But... It's hard to say that categorically. It does does appear that the Star Destroyer would start firing before the Enterprise was in effective range. Yes. There's that to consider. Yeah. Another thing to consider, I would say, is transporter technology. Now, if both ships are shielded...
1: Can't use it. They can't use
0: the transporters. Mm. Because one of my thoughts was, well, could the Enterprise just beam a torpedo directly inside and immediately cripple the Star Destroyer. Yeah. Well, in doing so, they're going to leave themselves wide open to being shredded by the many, many laser yeah. turrets.
1: This is why they don't do it on Star yeah. Trek. I mean, you think of these things sometimes, like, oh, you just beam a torpedo on there, but and they don't do that on the program, and that's because it's not just like, you don't just have to get that thing's shield down. You'd have to drop your own shields to do it, and you're just gonna get battered. So bear in mind that whenever they get hit, they also the whole bridge explodes. Yeah. So that's even if they don't get through the shields, (laughs) it's gonna be very a lot of damage on the bridge.
0: Another issue I would say is you know competency. Yeah. Now, it does seem like when we watch Star Wars films. The Imperial soldiers are always depicted as wildly incompetent. Yeah. I mean, but these people are a military unit. They're trained for battle. Starfleet are primarily trained to be explorers, scientists, engineers. The Empire is trained for war. Yeah, although this is the Enterprise E we're yeah. talking about here. Yeah. Trained but to fight I'm, the Borg. I'm thinking not so much of the ship, but the crew that mans it. Yeah. Even, so the crew of the Enterprise is still... Primarily. I mean they're led by Picard. Mm-hmm. He's he's a diplomat and um, an archaeologist and anthropologist more than he is a, a soldier. But he is but he's one of experienced the best tacticians as got. a tactician. Yeah. Um but that doesn't necessarily be the same for the rest of his and he can do this thing. No, that is Well there is the Picard manoeuvre. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if he used the Picard manoeuvre, he'd be tricking their senses and they'd be mm. thinking ...is in one place when in fact is attacking from another.
1: Yeah, because I was thinking about that when you were talking
0: about the range. Yeah. So, like, if they
1: they were going to hit them from far away... ...they might be shooting at something over
0: here that's just a warp shadow. So. Hollow projections and all sorts of different things that they could do there. And that and they would do that. That's but you think about with the mm. Imperial Star Destroyer... ...how many competent leaders there are going to be on that bridge... ...to take command and put it in a battle now. If we were saying Lord that Vader was on board... Or Thrawn, there there are we're not saying that there aren't some Grand very Double good Thrawn, then it'd be tacticians very cool, cool. aboard the Imperial the star destroyers yeah. but we're talking about just an, an average crew that may not have that against the enterprise so the enterprise thinking, yeah. if the card was taken you' are of that as well <laughs> you know um, depending on what point of, of the enterprise we're talking about Riker could step in Riker's a competent leader yeah. we've got data we've got Worf Depending yeah. if he's on, on board at the time.
1: I think about
0: I know Worf wasn't part of the Enterprise crew originally but he did turn up he turns for first up to wish co- contact wish them. Have... Yeah, he does seem to be he's not he's, he's like that guy that moves out yeah. but he's still always around. <laughs> yeah, they keep finding him on the ship again. And if you're going to get into a battle, you know, having Worf on your side is definitely a good thing. I think about the insurrection kind of
1: time because First contact was when they very first had the ship. Mm. So we're kind of saying that Picard's got over most of his Borg issues. Mm. Um, but it's not Nemesis yet where they lose mm. data. So no. to say it, it's just the normal crew of the Enterprise. And if it's a normal Star Destroyer... Because there aren't any kind of standout Imperial Star Destroyer. And not, not so many of these type of ones. There is, like the bigger ones, there's the one mm. that Vader had... Um, things like that, but you can't expect the there to be any amazing um,
0: like members of the Empire on this ship, because it would probably be a standard one. The thing is, um, and I'll say this, because what one thing that I, w- our own world history teaches us, mm. is that when you're in a dictatorship, people with, that are particularly talented don't tend to stay around for long.
1: No, no, it survived with the dumbest. Exactly, so and, and anyone
0: her. that's potentially uh, going to be either popular enough or bright enough to overthrow um, Vader and the Emperor, yeah. they're going to be got rid of. they got force choked. Gonna... Yeah. <laughs> so, we're looking at like a, a normal crew, and I do think, tactically, the Enterprise has got tactics on the side, they've got manoeuvrability on the side, mm. the firepower is so much more of an issue than I thought it would be because mm. I didn't think the... I was trying to think the only... When I first thought it in my head, I thought the only way that a Star Destroyer could do damage would be, to quote our favourite Klingon, Prepare for ramming speed!
1: Oh, yeah. But then they just miss. That was yeah. just
0: like... Wee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we also have to assume that storm, the Stormtroopers we usually see on the planet are not manning the turbo lasers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that not. brings us to yeah. another question. You know, the Enterprise... Much like uh, systems in Battlestar Galactica and another series, has automated tactical systems. Yeah. So they're less prone to human error, mm. and because of the maneuverability, they're not going to miss. They're going to hit every time. We're not talking about a nimble Klingon bird of prey that's going to zip in and around. No. This no. is a ship that every shot is going to t- t- take a hit. We cannot say that the other way around. Not for the no, not
1: for the Star Destroyer. The Destroy. Star Destroyer is
0: going to miss the Enterprise more t- more often than not. Yeah, I okay, um, it's got
1: so much more firepower. That's the trouble,
0: and that, and I, I still can't get over how much more firepower it it has in compared to the mm. Enterprise. Because I just thought the you know the Enterprise was going to take this hands down because of its superior technology, and it's just it's not the case. No, nah. and uh, my worldview is a little bit shaken. Um. <laughs> Well, I can tell. That's how you're confused yeah, by how you dressed I mean, for this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is something that, more than any of the Tiny Meeple's big talks we've done, has really made me question my worldview. However, as I say, I don't have a horse in, in this race because I love both franchises. Um, and we've got to say, I think this is going to be incredibly close. I do think that they're going to need all the Tie Fighters they can get because the Enterprise is going to be zipping around oh, so nimble. Thing. Yeah, because I was thinking, tie as well. the Enterprise needs to stay either at the front or rear of the Star Destroyer. Mm. So the Star Destroyer needs to flood the area with ships. Now the phasers on the phaser turrets on the uh, on the Enterprise E should be able to pick out the TIE fighters pretty easily, yeah. but the, the bombers are still going to pack a punch before yeah, they, they, they hit. Yeah. Now, with with Wharf or Data at the, at the weapons controls, those ships aren't going to be around for long. No. Um, I think overall, based on its manoeuvrability, more than anything else, I have to give this to the Enterprise. Because I think the Star Destroyer if it manages to catch the Enterprise by surprise, if it manages to catch the Enterprise in a broadside, I think the Star Destroyer would win. Yeah. Based on based on the with... recent research that I've done, I think the Star Destroyer would win, and I never ever thought I'd be saying that.
1: No, I yeah, I thought really when we did this would be just working out how the Enterprise would destroy the Star Destroyer, yeah. um, and just kind of getting some numbers on that but like you say it's um i think it'd be a very close thing and with it being so close i think it would go to the pluckiness of the heroes really (laughs) that are on the enterprise um they would find some some way to do it but yeah it it would be a very difficult battle like you say if um this was at the side and it just opened up with its uh Ro- mm. a broadside volley on it, I think that could knock out so many mm. Enterprise systems that mm. they might find it difficult to, to come back from that. But yeah, I think a few spreads of quantum torpedoes would take care of a lot of the uh, the TIE fighters, mm. even if the phasers find it difficult. But I th- yeah, I think it's got so many torpedoes on it. And then there's, there's also weird stuff like tricobalt device, which mm. I've got to imagine... The Enterprise also has. I mean, if mm-hmm. Vo- Voyager had one, and they they're very powerful. So,
0: yeah. I think one of the things that really surprised me as I well was doing this was um, the way that we've got these manuals for both both vessels. Mm-hmm. You look at the power statistics on them for shields, weapons, etc., and the way that the writers of the shows have completely disregarded those facts. Well, I don't So know, yeah. I'm not sure. In fairness to the writers, whether or not they've disregarded the, those facts and that's what they were given to work with. Mm. Or if they made the story with their own ideas of the power levels and what they should be, yeah, just and then the someone else look. has come along and said, well, actually, this is how powerful this is now.
1: They have a technical manual but... for the show, don't they? Like, no. This is what the Enterprise can do and stuff like that. But if it's going to make a good story, then they can just take poetic license. Well, yeah, because ultimately, all this is. It just it just needs to be a good story because it can be so. It could stick so closely to the uh, technical specs that they've got, mm. and it will just be like a terrible story. And then the show gets cancelled. Then what was that all about? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but this this is a problem I have with some of these like learning. Like all the stats about it i wanted to keep it a little bit loose yeah that's why i haven't tied it down to very um particular numbers one problems i've mm. always had is about the torpedoes like photon torpedoes mm-hmm. and quantum torpedoes um if they're like antimatter reactions then they should be lots more powerful than an atomic bomb but like mm. when you see them get like firing around they, um, it's not exactly a nuclear blast when it goes off, is it? It kind of just goes on the shields. And Also, I, that that...
0: I was thinking, though, that because of that, that's possibly another reason why the transporter strategy of beaming a torpedo wouldn't necessarily work, because it would be very hard to beam an active torpedo with something. Yeah. I suppose you'd have to deactivate it, beam it, and then reactivate react- it with a signal once it had yeah, re- re- reappeared. Yeah, but I think but...
1: that the Empire wouldn't really be that familiar with the kind of technology that the enterprise will be using Um just f- just what I was learning about the, the torpedoes because I wanted to know what the difference between a quantum torpedo and the photon torpedo is because mm. they're the main types and found that the photon torpedo is basically a, a deuterium anti-deuterium mm. reaction so antimatter basically but like some of the later ones use like lots of different mm. globules of it to go together. I thought that was quite interesting but the quantum torpedo actually extracts energy from a zero point vacuum by twisting a membrane in 11 dimensional space time. Which I thought was amazing because that is M-theory basically. and um, So that's basically one of the main like cosmological theories at the moment. And it turns out it's true. Because <laughs> if it wasn't true then... Quantum torpedoes
0: wouldn't work, so (laughs) yeah, because science, yeah. Um, one other thing that I thought Mm. now in Star Wars, we saw star destroyers being shot out of orbit by iron cannons. Oh, yeah, yeah. defending the planet. Now, I would think if you're a ship in space, Mm -hmm. being hit by a stationary iron cannon on a planet is pretty embarrassing. And I think that They're really to attests it. to the maneuverability. <laughs> it really attests to the maneuverability yeah. issues of the star destroyer. Yeah. And then I start to think, well, with the modifications to the deflector array, the Enterprise could project its own ion cannon yeah, can for the the iron deflector. cannon from the deflector.
1: Because wasn't Uhaka going to do that when
0: Picard was Lacutus He was going to do something with it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's another uh, very viable tactic that the enterprise could do and again to some extent that's going to take a little bit of time to prepare but you know they've got so many skilled engineers that while the rest of them are fighting the, the borg one of them could be working on on modifications and the modifications. captain could give
1: them less time than they actually need to do it and yeah. they'll do it <laughs> so. because that's how life works in space <laughs> yeah. so yeah i thought it was very. Really, um i thought it was interesting research to do um And I was surprised, similar to to what you were as well. So basically, I think it would be a lot more close than most people have thought. Mm. And I just hope this gets people to reevaluate their assumptions about Star Wars and Star Trek. It
0: could definitely go either way quite Mm. easily. Um, I still think the Enterprise would win based on its manoeuvrability and its ability to get into those more blind spots.
1: But they'll have to try harder than we thought they would.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... This is Richard, and I am Captain Fett. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Farewell, Questa. To find out about other productions by the Middleton Meeples, then check out our channel, or rendezvous with us at middlesomeeples.com. Until next time, Questa, farewell, and keep
1: thine axe sharp.